I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Love Letters is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Meredith. Hey, Caitlin. How's it going? Well, we are nearing the fall, my favorite season, so... Oh, I didn't know you were a fall girl. I'm a fall girl. I'm definitely a fall girl. I like a sweater and I like pants with no jacket and then a jacket. So, you know, we're getting there. It is almost fall. We had dinner, you and I and our producer, Scott, who's who's with us. We had dinner last week and we were all wearing sweaters. You brought an extra just in case someone got cold, which was very sweet of you. It was very sweet. fall girl. Yes, very fall girl. Well, Meredith, we have two letters to talk about today. Are you ready to get into it? I am ready to get into it. Okay, here is our first question. This letter writer says, I've been dating a man for the past couple of months and everything has been going well so far. We're both in our 40s, never married, no kids. He's smart, funny, attentive, and makes me feel special. I haven't had butterflies and excitement like this for someone in a long time. Recently, though, I learned something kind of alarming through the grapevine, or maybe it was just one of his friends trying to warn me. He has had sexual relations in the past, or at the very least, occasional makeout sessions with what seems like nearly all of the single women in his friend group. Most of these people are still actively part of his social life, and some have harbored unrequited crushes or infatuations with him as a result of these actions. It's giving me the yuck feeling. But I still really like this man. I don't want to seem crazy or jealous this early on. Do I even approach this? Is this a red flag? You know, I thought about this letter a lot the other night because I was at a wedding of a college friend, you know, a straight man, friend of mine, and I'm in my 40s and so is he. And I just thought like, I thought about this letter writer who's so worried about, you know, a significant other having multiple past hookups with friends in the friend group. And I thought, I can't remember if anyone at this wedding from college has hooked up. Because we are now old enough with two decades of friendship behind us that like, maybe it happened. But if it happened, we have probably forgotten. I mean, I know that I haven't hooked up with anybody at that wedding, but I couldn't remember the details of friends. Or if you remember, it's like kind of funny at this point. Right. And like our brains have changed and our bodies have changed and our whole lives have changed. And this was a part of a history that happened, but, and is formative, but not, um, but not that interesting to us anymore. So to me, when I read this letter about this, you know, person who's so worried uh, about their significant other's history, I just thought if this is ancient history, 
its ancient history. What I think is interesting about this letter is that there's no real information given about like when these hookups happened, what the nature of the relationships are now. And that's where I think there might be an issue. You know, my, my advice to this letter writer was, listen, this person, this man is dating you. That's a choice. Having this history with people in his friend group actually isn't that uncommon, and it's not a red flag. What I do think is worth worrying about is something more for for him and for these people um, in their friend group, which is like, obviously, there are still some weird feelings. So, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure how the letter writer or if the letter writer takes that on as their own problem. I don't think they should. You know, what I said to this letter writer was, if this comes up, you can say, hey, yeah, your friend told me, and maybe that's something you should think about exploring. Um, yeah, I also... One thought that came to my mind when I first read this was, are you upset because he's slept with these other women or made out with them or whatever? Or are you upset that he didn't tell you? I think people are allowed to have their own private histories. And, you know, I, I, especially when the history is older, I'm not sure what any person is entitled to know. Um, you know, obviously, if if someone secretly a very important ex, you know, if it's something that's going to humiliate you in the moment to not know. Like, these are things to think about, but I don't think there are any hard rules about what you were entitled to know about your partner's past. You know, my feeling is that it was really uncomfortable to be taken aside by someone and and told, you know, the guy you're dating is great and all, but he's hooked up with all of us. Like, that's weird, and it suggests tension in the friend group. And that, again, is like far more um, of a red flag to me than than anything else. So um, another thing that comes to mind with this letter, Meredith, is is our letter writer worried that this is a pattern, that he brings new people into the friend group and she could be one of the many. Do you think that could be part of the concern? Well, here's the other distinction to make, right? Like this person, the letter writer, is being brought in as a girlfriend as, as far as she knows, right? Except for he will not introduce her as his girlfriend. Well, I don't know. But I, I just, there, there are a few months in and I think, you know, what, what uh, that we could have a long philosophical conversation about when the wor word girlfriend or, you know, as somebody in my 40s, like I'm constantly like, it seems like a weird thing to say and partner is not right, right? And, um, you know, they're seeing each other. They are coupled, right? So I just feel like if she were being brought in as a friend, question mark, that would be a little bit different. It's unfortunate that, you know, the letter writer had to learn this way about what happened in a friend group. But to me, the red flag is about the friend group and all the unspoken things that have been happening. Because, you know, I feel very lucky. Like, I think about my college friends, and I'm sure there's a lot of history there and hurt feelings and rejections and couplings. And, like, at this point in our many years together, you know those hurt feelings really aren't there. And a lot of those weirdness, weird feelings have been resolved. So, um, th you know, that that's the bigger question. And, you know, I am, listen, a lot of people will say, like, take the high road, stay out of it. I, I'm never a huge fan of the high road when there's weird feelings involved. <laughs> Just say the thing. Taking the high road and, like, being quiet about something are two very different things to me. But in this case, I just want the letter writer to pay attention. Are you getting what you want? Does he treat people well? Is it comfortable to be around these friends? So it sounds like lightning round. Is this a red flag? Does it need to be? The answer's no. 
that is my advice. My, my, my answer would be no. I would also put a little asterisk there and say that, listen, we all have our own red flags and places, you know, of comfort and discomfort. And if you are the kind of person who says, I need to be with someone who has only been platonic with everyone in their lives, you know, this is the same question about, can you be friends with exes? Like, I don't particularly care if someone I'm dating is friends with an ex, if they're friends with an ex. And so, but I can't speak for everyone. So if this is a red flag to you, no judgment, that's cool. But this letter writer is basically asking me, is it weird? Is it weird that he hooked up with a lot of people in his friend group and that some people still might be into him? And my only thought is that the first part's not weird. The second part suggests that there are communication issues in the group. That's what I'd pay attention to. All right, open communication, always good. We'll be back with another letter after this quick break. Okay, Meredith, second question for you. This letter writer says, I have been dating my boyfriend since just before the pandemic hit. At this point, I've been divorced for almost five years and living with new guy for about nine months. I adore him and I love our life together. I don't think I would have been able to appreciate all the wonderful things about him had we met years ago. The thing is, I can't imagine getting married again, ever. I see so many divorcees moving on and doing it all over again. And honestly, I can't think of anything less appealing. My boyfriend is not putting any pressure on me. My question is, do I not want to commit to marriage again because somewhere in the back of my mind, I might think he's not the one? Or do I just have trauma from a bad marriage and subsequent painful divorce? Is something in me broken to not want to be legally bound to another human being again? Is it okay to feel happy and fulfilled the way things are? Or am I cheating him out of something more? So I love this question. I love all the questions that I receive, I happen to extra love them when they're about this decision to get married and why do we get married? Same. My answer to this letter writer is, of course you don't have to get married again. It means nothing that other people want to have a second marriage and that you don't. It means nothing about the love you have for your current partner. If this is about trauma from a divorce, it's okay if you don't want to revisit that kind of contractual obligation because of that trauma. I think this idea of the one and this idea of connecting love to marriage is difficult and hard to live up to and isn't always fair. So I think the big issue is, does your current partner want marriage and are they okay with the status quo? If they do want marriage or they want other ways to connect, like what are other ways to make this coupled and more official over time? You know, is it about owning property together? Is it about domestic partnership? Is it simply about just being involved in each other's lives more and family? So I think there are a million ways to do this. And so often the marriage route is about financial obligations and securities, um, children, putting things on paper for some pretty non-romantic reasons. And again, that's okay too. But I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with not wanting to get married. I totally agree. 
I had a very strong response reading this, um, honestly, with like very little nuance, which is, is something in me broken to not want to legally be bound to another human being again? Absolutely not. There are so many reasons to not want to do that. And when I read the part of the question that said, do I not want to commit to marriage again? Because somewhere in the back of my mind, I might think he's not the one, or do I just have trauma from a bad marriage? To me, it doesn't matter. If you don't want to do it, that's enough. My initial reaction when I read this letter was to just be so thrilled for this letter writer because fundamentally this letter is about really falling in love after Hmm. a marriage has not worked out permanently. You know, this is about somebody who had a had a bad experience uh, that involved ending a marriage and writes me a letter that says, I've been with a new guy and I adore him and love our life together. And that's just the kind of letter I love. So not only is this a marriage letter, which, you know, I should, I, should I get married letter, which I love. It's also a letter that's saying, oh my gosh, I'm thrilled with the status quo. Is that okay? Am I allowed to be happy with the way yes. things are? And when you write an advice column, you get a lot of people who are miserable writing to you because you don't often write to an advice column when you're really, really happy. And this is one of the reasons you do, right? Because I think that sometimes when we're happy, we're like, oh, okay. Like, is that yeah, okay? Yeah, is, is it okay? okay to be happy? And and is it okay to be happy in a way that other people, you know, um, might not... Is it okay to do it this way? You know, is it okay to enjoy happiness without taking another step? Is it okay to have a city hall wedding? Is it okay? So many people are just like... I think this is what my gut is telling me to do. Is that okay? And for the most part, if you are thrilled and other people are thrilled and you are hurting no one, it is okay. And I just want to say that like, anytime I read a letter that says the one, like, does it mean this person isn't the one? I wish we had named our entire podcast on the column. There is no one, but then it would sound like there is no one, which is way much more of a bummer. But like, I believe in romance and connection and deep, meaningful ties between people. But I think part of the way I think romance works is that in a world where there are multiple ones, you've picked this person. And so anybody like punishing themselves for feeling like, but how do I know this is my soulmate forever? And what does it mean that I'm not 100% sure about that all the time? Like, come on. If only the world were so small. I love that framing. You're really happy right now. And that's great. Yeah. So letter writer, I hope you stay happy. Oh, yeah. Still have a party and register for some shit because I just feel like everyone's entitled to that when they have this kind of happiness. That's true. Single people should be able to do that too. What would be your excuse as a single person to register for gifts? Oh, I had my excuse. Basically, I think nine out of 10 people who write books are doing it for a book party. And really what you're registering for is for people to buy that book, I guess. But I do feel I did. I did feel like for somebody who's like, oh, I don't want to ever get married or have a wedding at my own book party. I was like, you know, this counts. I wanted this and this counts. Yeah, I just get off of work and watch Love Island and don't write any books. So I think you should think on something more creative. Well, I just think, you know, listen, when you hit an anniversary of watching Love Island, (laughs) I will buy you a gift for that. And it could be a blender (laughs) if that's what you want. Amazing. A a, a KitchenAid mixer. What, you know, most people I know that when they get their first KitchenAid mixer, they're like, oh, now I don't have to get married. That's true. I have a KitchenAid. You don't need anything else. (laughs) 
Well, Caitlin, I look forward to doing this again. And obviously, anybody who has their own question about dating, divorce, marriage, romance, apps, anything in between, uh, we're at loveletters at boston.com and you can tell us your question. Yeah, absolutely. Meredith, I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe and PRX. Today's episode was produced by Caitlin Harrop and Scott Hellman. Ned Porter does our audio mixing, sound design, and mastering. Devin Smith and Maddie Mortel do our audience engagement. Love Letters illustrations by Ashanti Davis. Check them out on the Love Letters Instagram. Special thanks to Brian McGrory and Linda Henry. Our music is from APM. And if you like the show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts. You can always send your own letter, we are an advice column, to loveletters at boston.com. We're online at loveletters.show. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening.